Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 65 of the RDO podcast with the boys. And I'm trying to turn on a bit of a, I'm trying to perk myself up. So just so you guys are aware, things are going to be a little bit different today because I uh, hit, I sorry, I was at a wedding yesterday. I'm operating about three hours sleep. I was at day two of the wedding today. So basically I'm going to sit here and Alex is going to take care of the whole podcast. You've got, I've just noticed, you've got raccoon eyes. <laughs> oh dude, I'm... I'm I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm sure I'll perk up as we go, but uh, if it well, if it makes you feel any better, I did have a quick power nap before this. I did get a solid, solid, solid ten hours sleep last night, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling great. Yeah, man. So this week, this week we're going to be talking about. We'll do some updates on the uh, politics situation, ICAC stuff with Gladys. <laughs> She's in trouble. Uh, we'll touch on the. Uh, Laws passing the lower house in, in Victoria. Yep. Um, and so we'll get to that stuff, but you had something that you want to start off with. Uh, first of all, thank you for everyone that's watched the service video. Oh, yeah. Just a bit of backstory. We filmed that in December last year. Mm-hmm. I have had some feedback already. <laughs> some good. Some. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> okay. And my a good friend of mine who I would consider my mentor in the car game. Mm-hmm. He rang me and he said the one thing I was missing was a clown suit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in fairness, there was only two things that he critiqued. So the two things are... Now, if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Yeah, especially for audio listeners, we dropped something on Thursday uh, on YouTube only, which was, uh, we, as Alex is saying, we filmed him doing his first ever vehicle service, uh, but we did it last December. Uh, full disclosure from me, I'm the reason why it's taken so long for this thing to, to get up because... As you might remember, it was just after we filmed it, I started getting sick every month, and then it took a lot of editing and stuff, because we had heaps of raw footage, so I just shelved it for months, and finally got around to it. But thanks everyone for watching it so far, and I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know if you want more content like that, that's a little bit different to just the regular podcast I'm not servicing any more cars, I sweat my freaking ass Yeah, <laughs> save those for winter. So my friend Rodney was like, it, it laughing at my dad bod, mm-hmm. for a start. Because I've known him for many, many years. I started mm-hmm. my career with him. Mm-hmm. And he critiqued only two things. So he is a mechanic by trade. Mm-hmm. Very knowledgeable. But the only two things I did wrong was I never needed to disconnect the battery, mm-hmm. which I even said in that, I don't know if you'd need to. Mm. It's electrical, so I don't. Don't need to. And you know how I lubricated the oil filter yeah, yeah. with the old oil? Mm-hmm. I should have done it with the new oil. Yeah, that would make sense. Which makes... Total sense. Hmm. So apart from that, that's not too bad. Yeah. And he's like, why didn't you ring me uh, so you didn't look stupid? I'm like, no, part of the idea was to look well, yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. And to realise that, you know, how easy slash really hard and I'll never do it again, <laughs> it is to service a car. Yeah, and it shows you like when I was talking to a mate of mine yesterday about cap price servicing at like Toyota, <laughs> how good value for money that is. Oh yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I, did say, I did say to him, why would you choose to do why would you choose to be on the tools and earn less money and work harder than like what I did? Because mm. I, when I started my career, you could have gone two ways. Yeah. You could have gone the mechanical route, mm-hmm. like technical, and you could have gone sales. Yeah. And I obviously chose sales. And he goes, oh, they love it. I said, I've never met a mechanic that loves his job. <laughs> <laughs> I think they love cars, but they don't love working. <laughs> well, no, they love. Uh, I've never met one that loves cars either because. Oh, right. And they always go buy shit cars and then no, sorry. have the shits with sorry, to they, work on shit they cars. They don't love new cars. 
They love yeah. old cars, old shitbox cars that yeah. they can go and buy for cheap and uh, try to put them back together and spend heaps of money on them. Yeah. So that was funny. But yeah, go, go and watch it. It's I've had a lot of texts saying it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And... I was in a lot of pain doing it, mm-hmm. just purely because I'm not used to that kind of manual labor mm-hmm. when I do that. And I was in probably the most unfit state of my life mm. as well. <laughs> that was pre-gym. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, I, I do have to second that. I, I have to come clean. Mm-hmm. I bitched out on my third session of the gym this, this week. Okay. So Thursday, it was so freaking hot here. Mm. And I just walked past the trainer. He was waiting for the session to start and like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not doing it. I was so sweaty. It I'm... is in a shed and in the afternoon, too. So the shed just be heating up all day. Well, I've been sitting in this shed with the aircon. Mm. No aircon over there. Yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Now I'm supposed to work on those conditions. <laughs> so, yeah, I will. Um, but I did go to the beach yesterday mm-hmm. and I had a bit of a swim around. And now I've got a sore back. <laughs> I've got a sore back because it's like, I feel like the human body is not supposed to be in that sort of. Zero gravity what environment. What were you doing? Just like swimming. <laughs> but like jumping and diving in and things like that. Right. And I wasn't in for that long. I had two two dips in the ocean. Yeah. And maybe just battling up against the waves because it's a bit choppy. But mm. it was sore in, in, not in like a, I'm an old man sore, but a sore like in, oh, you haven't worked that part for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just movements that you haven't done for a long time. Yeah, I want to do more of it. Dolphin-like mm. movements, I would say. Dolphin-like <laughs> movements. So I want to start with this. I went and saw the Van Gogh. Uh, exhibition last night, an yep. interactive exhibition. It was pretty cool. They they had all these like projectors and they were projecting all the stuff out and they're projecting quotes. Mm-hmm. Now I had no idea about anything about Vincent Van Gogh, mm-hmm. and I had no idea that he had some really really profound quotes. Right, and I kind of want to start on one of them. Mm-hmm. And if if you're into this kind of stuff, just search his quotes because I actually missed this quote that I'm I'm, I'm going to start. This session off with, this session, this, uh, this therapy session, this therapy session off with, I tried to pull it, I tried to pull my phone out and I missed it. Right. And then there's so many, there's so many gold ones that I'd forgotten. Mm-hmm. So I had to search them here, but they're all listed there. Mm. And the quote is, I'm always doing what I cannot do in order to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm always doing what I cannot do in order to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the quote. Now, we always, if, if you ask anyone on the street who Vincent van Gogh is, they'll say he's a talented painter, mm-hmm. right? It was made really aware to me that he wasn't born with that skill. Yeah. And nor was he gifted mm-hmm. in any way. He may have been gifted in the way that he saw things, but he had to work at it. Mm. A lot of the quotes actually like talked about how he was He was like, I know I'm not good at this. Mm. That's why I'm going to get good at it. Yeah, yeah. Now, for him, that meant sitting in a field, pulling his pencil out, and just drawing and drawing mm-hmm. and drawing and drawing and drawing. But where I think that parallels a little bit with modern society, or what's, what's different about in modern society, is we have access to more information than we've ever had mm-hmm. ever in the history of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. A term that should be redundant now is, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. Months ago, I was driving to 
uh, I think your place, mm-hmm. and I saw a young couple broken down the side of the road mm-hmm. with the bonnet open, watching a YouTube video. Yeah. Right? That's something that could never have been done before. Yeah. All the information is that it's literally sitting in our pockets. Yeah, except right. for the fact that that couple was just watching the audio podcast while they're waiting for RACQ to show <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. But uh, you, you raise a really interesting point. Really, really interesting point. Because I too have had conversations, well, many conversations, but even just recently where it sort of comes to mind, where I've spoken to someone about having to do something and they're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. So I'm just going to find someone else who does. But all the information's out there. I use YouTube all the time. You know, you just, there, I mean, most of us haven't done the majority of things in life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my knee surgery, for example, my surgeon gave me zero information on what they actually do for the surgery before the surgery mm. date. Because, I mean, I'm under, anyway, I don't need to know how to do the surgery. So to the surgeon, it's more relevant to his time to go and spend it doing surgeries than to explain to every single patient what they're yeah, going to be for doing. Sure, for sure. So I looked up YouTube videos. Yeah. And... I would suggest anyone who's going to have any form of surgery to look up YouTube videos because it will actually teach you some really handy things to know. So for me, the biggest thing was that when when I first started getting the pain after the local anesthetic had worn off, your legs sort of really, really straight. And they say the first thing they want you to do is get the flexibility, the, mm. not flexibility, the... Um, Mobility. Range of motion back yep. into it. And when I was, when I was flexing the, the leg... I would get pain above the knee on the... It sort of felt like on the bone. And if I hadn't actually watched these videos, I wouldn't have realized that the reason why I was getting pain there was because they actually drill a hole through your femur. That's where they feed through like the new ACL graft. Mm. And then it's essentially got like a grappling hook on the end of it. And then that's what holds it in place until they put like bone cement in there until it all basically heals in and gets solid. But that pain I was feeling was the pressure being put on the grappling hook, being put right. on the bone, right? Which I wouldn't have known about. So you do, yeah, it, there is so much information out there. It's a choice now to continue to not know how to do something. Yeah, it's, it's something that I think we need to make, we need to, it needs to be a conscious thing now. It's like, there's no excuse not to know. And look, you might not know right now, mm. but the information is there. So for, for example, in, during the week, I, I'd spoken to someone who said, I don't know how to have that conversation with someone because yeah. I don't have the information. Mm. Well, guess what? Get the information. Yeah, it's out there. You know, and if it, if it is something serious, it's worth putting your mind to. Mm. I've also been criticised uh, during the week that, like talking about the hot topics that we've been talking about mm. and having that stigma attached to, oh, you're doing your own research, mm. like sort of thrown in my face. I was going to bring that point up. Yeah, because I was like, and, and my argument to him was, when I was 19 years old, I decided I want to get into motorbikes. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about motorbikes. Yeah. Three months later, six months later, I knew everything about motorbikes. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and that was not through, I didn't go to school, to mm-hmm. motorbike school. Yeah. You research it. And mm-hmm. it helps if you've, got a, if you've got a passion for that thing. But if you've got a curious mind, everything, it's all there. Mm-hmm. You just need to know how to get it. And even, everyone, that, even that's a cop out. Even that's saying like yeah. you just need to know how to get it. It's right there. Everyone knows who, someone who can play the guitar. Amazingly, who's self-taught. You didn't yeah. go to university to get a degree on how to play guitar. Yeah. You just looked up guitar tabs and you practiced and you you immersed yourself in that world and that's how you gain that skill. I, I was going to make that point. The the 
not so much the do your own research connection, but I was going to say is part of our issue in society is that a certain percentage of society, and I, I feel like this is controlled by sources like media and advertising, etc., where they actively discourage people from doing their own research on any subject because then that will take money out of the professional's hands who handles that particular subject. Yeah, and my frustration is that that should be obvious. Yeah, and it's not to a lot of people. Mm. And that's troubling because when something that blatantly obvious uh, isn't obvious to someone, then you can then understand why they get confused about so many other things. I suppose... Be curious is is mm. the big the big lesson out of it. Mm-hmm. Van Gogh was he he had to keep working at it. He had to keep working at it. Had to keep working at it. And it, now he had a very obviously a narrow thing that he wanted to achieve, mm-hmm. which is his art. Yeah. But he worked so hard at it and mm. just kept working at it and kept questioning and kept. Uh, he he remained curious about what what his limits were mm. and. I think there is a massive lesson to be brought out of it because it's more powerful now than mm. it was back then. Yeah. You know, that was, that was 1890 when sort of he was kicking around. The impact that you can have now with the information that we have mm. now is exponentially higher. There's, there's an exponential amount of opportunity ahead yeah. if you harness it. Yeah. So I want to kind of phase out the, I don't want to use the term I don't know to I haven't checked yet yeah. or I haven't learned that yet, yeah. but yeah. I will. Because one of the things that is fascinating is, so one of the criticisms that I've had in the past, particularly, again, because of the subjects we cover on this show, is uh, some people just go, oh, you just, it's not just, it's not doing your own research when you just sit around watching YouTube videos. Well, <laughs> I'll give you the tip. Sometimes it is doing your own research. Because sometimes your YouTube video, and this is not just about politics or anything uh, or health stuff, or it can literally be any subject. But on YouTube now, you can have people who have devoted their entire lives to a particular subject, who have got university degrees, who have got 20 years of experience in the field, who then essentially hold lectures and put them online that you can go and watch. So when you watch that YouTube video, is that not proper research? Like what's wrong with that just because of the medium? Just because you're not paying for it? Is that the issue? That was so the one of the arguments that I had was with a guy, smart guy, mm-hmm. and he was criticising about the, the level of research. And I asked him, I said, you've trained for seven years to do what you do. Have you ever called upon any knowledge that was not brought up in that seven years? Mm. And he's like, yeah, all the time. It yeah. evolves. Like, say no more. How do you know it evolves? Yeah, say no more. Like, yeah. you've just proven me right. Yeah. That you, you, you can do your own research. You're just mm-hmm. proving yourself wrong. All you've done is picked a tagline yeah. to, that, that's used to dismiss and it's been built by design to mm-hmm. dismiss. Yep. Like you've said, to try and increase revenue for mm. you know, sales or, or, or um, to quash any negative uh, uh, dialogue that's out there in, mm-hmm. in regards to something. But there is an absolute wealth of information out there. To, to add to your YouTube point, I just found one, a page last night that I've sent to Tasha. There's a, a company in America that started up making those really nice uh, illustrated lesson oh, yeah. on a particular subject. Mm-hmm. And they said, it's free. Anyone can use it. It's licensed for any school. Mm-hmm. We just ask if you can, donate. Yeah. So there there's, can be a business model attached to that. But there is so much 
so much information. Mm-hmm. Most of the car stuff that I've learned, or most of the business stuff that I've learned, has all been off the internet. Mm. Or asking people in your, your framework. That's another thing that you know you know what I'm like. Mm. There's something I don't know. I'll ring someone that knows. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, I would never ring that person and say, <laughs> say, or did you learn this at a particular location? Or? Yeah, that's right. Like, which university did you learn about yeah. cars at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. just you know someone in your network that knows something that yeah, you don't. Right. Yeah. Well, ask them. Yeah. And then open up the channel for them to ask you when they need something from you. Yeah. But that was... That was it's pretty telling. So there is no excuse now. You can't say, I don't, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, I haven't learned that yet. Yeah. Go find out. Go find out. Go find out. And this is about everything. The one that gets me the most is the finance side. A lot of people who are super reluctant to to do anything finance related, mm. there are, are there's probably more finance videos that are, than there are cat videos on, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And there's people that have actually done it. Because one of the things that frustrated me is I've spoken to people going, oh, I want to go talk to financial advisors. Mm. Yeah, cool. How rich are they? Yeah, that's right. Because I did it. I, when I was 21, I went and interviewed uh, five, five uh, um, advisors. Mm-hmm. And four of them told me the same thing. Invest in your super. Because that's what they tell the 45 and 50-year-old people that they're used to speaking to. Mm-hmm. I was 21. Yeah. And then they said, don't spend any money on cars. Okay, you haven't read your audience. I'm a car nut. The whole reason why I want to be able to build wealth so I can enjoy cars. Yeah. And if they would have told me, do this, yeah, this is right. the answer to that, to that problem. Yeah. But why would, you take, why would you take advice for something on your money from someone that makes less money than you? Yeah. One of the biggest pieces of advice I would give to anyone when it comes to anything to do with this, whether it's doing your own research on something, whether it's speaking to a professional about something, when there's, when there's a decision to be made, ask yourself the question, number one, do I know enough about this subject to make a decision for myself? If the answer is no, then your next step should be to educate yourself. Yeah, find out more. Right? And educating yourself means... Starship troopers. Find out more. Yeah. But it means, like, you're, speaking to a professional may be part of the journey. Sure. But you should at least do some self-education beforehand because as soon as you speak to a professional, which if it's someone that you are engaging financially Mm. to offer you a professional service, the biggest problem with the Western capitalist world is that generally the money is not made by solving the problem. Correct. The money is made by repeat business. So, for example, these financial advisors who tell you to invest into your super, you are not going to be rich in 12 months' time by investing into your super. So, you might go back to them and ask them again. Or if you've got a, you know, everyone knows, like, your trainer's next door, great bunch of blokes. I've been a personal trainer before. I know many personal trainers who all their entire business model is based on 12-week challenges. Because they know that you go real strict on someone for 12 weeks, they drop heaps of weight, and every single one of these trainers knows that two weeks after that 12-week challenge is over, you've ballooned back up to the weight that you were that you started, and then they go, hey guys, we've got a new 12-week challenge. Remember how good you looked last time you did a 12-week challenge? Sign up now. Mm. It's a repeat business model. Yeah, see, my, my question has always been, I've always wanted to understand the process of what someone goes through to do what they what they do. Yeah. You know, so when someone is taking your order, mm-hmm. are they 
Are they writing it down? Does it go onto a piece of paper? Is there a point of failure there? Is there a way that I can make their job easier? Is that, you know, and what's their motivation for it? Mm-hmm. You've, you, an, an example of that in the cafe sense is you know when you're dealing with the owner of the cafe. That's right. Then an employee of the mm-hmm. cafe, right? And but having an understanding of how the process works in the background can alleviate some of the stresses that you may have. Yeah. Um, but also not being interested in that, in that stuff means that when you get burnt, you're kind of, it's kind of your fault too. It's kind of your fault for sure. Yeah. Because probably the, the biggest thing that you learn from the sales industry is you, in sales, one thing that you come to inherently understand is that both parties have some sort of benefit they're hoping to receive out of yeah. negotiation. So obviously, as a salesperson, the best case scenario is they pay full retail price for the car, they, they love the car, they want to come back and deal with you again. That's your best case scenario. The majority of customers will want some form of discount because it's stigmatized in the car industry that you're supposed to get discounts. So there is some sort of benefit that either party is coming to, to try to receive from that interaction. But for some reason, a lot of people don't understand or don't think that those same benefits are involved in many transactions in life. Mm. So when you're speaking to someone, if, if anyone ever requests something of you, for example, one of the first questions you should ask is, okay, someone's requesting something of me. Who benefits from me doing this? Yep. Do I benefit from it? Do they benefit from it? Does someone else, does a third party benefit from it? And how do they benefit from it? Yeah. And then you can actually go, okay, well, what is the risk reward proposition for mm. me here? And am I actually doing this thing because it's the right thing for me or am I doing this thing because it's the right thing for someone else? Mm. Is someone else getting a win out of this? And obviously, with everything that's going on, we are seeing this every single day play out and every day I'm seeing decisions being made not for the individual person but for someone else to benefit out of because I think so many people have been tricked into thinking that it's all about just trying to benefit you when actually there's a massive business that's been built around it with a whole bunch of people benefiting yeah it's like it's like when i bring up the the argument of and i think we did it very early on in our shows about the pay uh the ad model for facebook yeah and and i said i I would rather Uh, pay meta meta sorry as of today or yesterday yeah i would well the product will still be called facebook the company the overarching company is called meta Mm. but I said I'd rather pay $10 a month and not have the ads. Mm. And every, like, 99 out of 100 people that I've spoken to about it said, no, 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 I want it, it's free, it should be free. Yeah, that's right. And I'm like, yeah, but have you ever bought anything you didn't need off it? Because mm. you probably spent 10 bucks a month on it anyway. That There would be an industry mark on it yeah. that they know what it's worth, Yeah. right? If you could pay $10 and you tick a box which says, I pay $10 a month and none of my data gets captured, I'd pay that. Yeah, I don't even care about the advertising. It's just obviously the the data is used to then give you personalized ads. Same as YouTube. YouTube I pay for, mm-hmm. and it is the best investment I've ever made. Yeah. So you've been able to uh, uh, listen to it when the screen's off. Mm-hmm. So you can like if there's a podcast that's not available on one of your podcast things, yeah. or it's a, a speech or something, you mm-hmm. can you can flick it on and turn the screen off and get in the car and mm-hmm. and play it. The no ads makes it easier to concentrate on and lock mm-hmm. in on because you're not rolling your eyes when they're trying to sell you Uber Eats or something. Yeah. But I suppose when in, in, in the Facebook example, most people think they're getting more out of it than what Facebook's getting out of it. Mm. 
But Clearly it's not. <laughs> so the other way. Hmm. And that should be not a concern, but that should be factored in when you make mm-hmm. decisions about about your life. Yeah. Um so go yeah, do do the research. Stop saying I don't know. Mm. And if there is stuff that you don't know that you need to know, find out. Yeah, and you need to understand too, if you are if you're making positive or negative decision decisions towards something and then freely admitting that you don't know anything about the decision that you're making, that's problematic. Yeah. That's a really yeah, yeah. stupid way to live your life and it's a really, really easy way to get caught in bad situations. Absolutely. I'm saying yes or no to situations or circumstances that I freely admit I know nothing about. Yeah. Sounds really dumb when you put it that way, doesn't it? It, it sound, It's shocking. Yeah. It is shocking. And then I think the subject, we know what we're talking about now, when it comes up, when someone says, why don't you do this? Mm. The great question is, why should I? Mm. And get them to explain it. And when mm-hmm. they can't, because they won't. Mm-hmm. That's pretty telling. Speaking of which, should we, should we move on to, yeah. to part of that subject? So obviously we're talking about uh, vaccines again because they've been in the news a lot. And as another thing that Alex predicted a few weeks ago where they would go from... So booster shots, obviously, we, we said... Was it a month or two ago? Mm. We said that booster shots were coming because booster shots were overseas and Australian TJ weren't talking about booster shots. And then <clears throat> they announced booster shots. And then they originally said that they'd just be for immune compromised people. And then TGA approved them. And then now they're like, look, listen to Dan Andrews this week. Dan Andrews is literally saying it's going to be all about maintaining your vaccination status. Yeah, after five months, you'll receive a notification saying mm-hmm. you need to update it. And your, your tick goes from a tick to a cross. Yep, if you don't get your booster shot, you will lose your fully vaccinated status. Now... The Therefore, next... privileges into yeah, actually being able retail. to live, etc. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the other things that we have consistently spoken about is the fact that the vaccine does not stop the spread, which has become more apparent again this week because now we are at this beautiful point that we had already previously predicted, where vaccinated only people are allowed to go to certain venues. Which means when the COVID spreads in those venues, it's only being spread by vaccinated to vaccinated people. There were two stories this week from New South Wales. Uh, Probably the main one was a gym. A (laughs) New South Wales gym opened to only fully vaccinated patrons, which has now become a cluster of 15 COVID cases. Because I don't know how many times we need to say it. But we were told at the beginning that the vaccine would stop 95% efficacy against preventing COVID-19. But we've been saying it for months. When it comes to the Delta variant, it appears to have zero impact on whether or not you actually get the disease or spread the disease. And now the proof's in the pudding. But as a, as a country, the national conversation is still around, got to get vaccinated, got to get vaccinated, got to get vaccinated. Where did I see them now move to 95%? Was it Queensland that wants to get to 95? Possibly. I haven't caught a lot of that news this week. Ask the question, where's the conversation about herd immunity? Yeah. Because remember when we started out, it was 60% they thought Mm might have been herd immunity, maybe 70%. Mm -hmm. We don't even talk about it anymore. Do you know why? Because it doesn't exist. Yeah, because it hasn't happened. And as, again, we spoke about months ago, uh, over, over 12 months ago, Gert van den Bosch said... He was concerned about mass vaccination because it was a leaky vaccine and you could create variants that could then get around the vaccine. That's where we're at. Yeah. He was banned from the internet 12 months ago yeah. for saying that stuff. It was the truth. It's where we're at now. 
the the beauty, and as I've said a few weeks ago, one of the potential side effects of the vaccination program might in fact be the positive that we have genetically selected the Delta variant, which doesn't appear to be as, as deadly. As deadly. But the reality remains, remains that it's continuing to spread around the community. Yeah, and... therefore cases should be the metric. Yeah. It was funny, though, because the sentiment around the comments on that gym story mm-hmm. was like, oh, I'm calling bullshit. I think that there was people that weren't that got in there. <laughs> what about the news? Because that's what happened. Like, how many times have we said it? This is another good, good phrase. It is easier to fool someone than to convince them that they have been fooled. Yeah, yeah. And you... We nothing said like two months ago. Uh, we made the uh, the comment about like the the double vaxxed people in New South Wales, and we were saying that you know, sh- fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So if we got to Freedom Day and then things changed, don't be upset about it. Well, this week New South Wales is talking about potentially pushing back the date in which the yeah. unvaccinated can actually go out and about. So I saw a big rally behind that saying to unvaccinated people, I might have been Victoria, don't do it, don't go out, just stay in, because mm. then they can't blame, they can't blame us. Yeah. Just stay, stay in. But as you've already experienced, people just call bullshit on it anyway. Yeah. Uh, what was the, also the Victorian story where they, they had the worst death rate for the day and are not going to release the vaccination status of the it's people It's only that died. the most important piece of information. Yeah. So, but they have every other day. Oh, no, Victoria no, 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 hasn't. No, no, no. no, Victoria hasn't. New South Wales has every day. Uh, Victoria has not. Let's talk about Victoria. Uh, Victoria is, is... There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. What Alex is referring to is during the week, and I'll, I'll talk about two examples of this, but during the week there was a day when Victoria experienced 25 deaths overnight. Now, one point I'm going to make on that, they are saying... 25 deaths. They are no longer using the terminology from COVID or with COVID. Yeah. They're just saying we had 25 deaths overnight. An ABC News article I had read from the day before the 25 said that they had seven deaths overnight, one of which was a 20-year-old woman who died with COVID-19, but of unrelated causes. Right. Explicitly said in the article. Yeah, beautiful way to list it. So, number one, obviously they're listing her specifically because she's 20 and they're trying to spook young people into getting vaccinated because the, the cohort with the lowest vaccination rates that is the age is between 20 and 39, mm. which is who shouldn't be getting vaccinated. But they try to, obviously, it's a spook thing. But then you've also got to ask the question, out of the seven deaths, they included her as part of the, the COVID deaths regardless of the fact that she died of an unrelated cause. So how many of the COVID death numbers that they are claiming every single day are of unrelated causes? Mm. That's the first question. The second thing is, as what Alex is referring to, the next day they had 25 deaths. And the question was asked, what was the vaccinated the, the vaccination status of these individuals? And they have explicitly stated they will not be releasing that information. Do you not think it is pertinent when you are mandating vaccines stating it's for public health and when you are daily reporting deaths from a disease and you're not telling anyone whether or not these people were vaccinated now if i would it have was... thought an excellent sales technique would be obviously because they're 95 percent effective yeah then there would be it's 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 it should be 95 percent of those people would be unvaccinated right it should be 
And then that would be the best thing to say. Hey, yeah. so if, look at this. So in other words, what we're saying here, this is one of those examples where you need to actually look at the situation and ask yourself, who benefits from this course of action? Mm. And why would they benefit? Because they continue... So they basically said on that day... Uh, we're not going to be releasing the vaccination status of the deaths, but what we can say is that 85% of the new infections were unvaccinated people. So they want to talk about how unvaccinated people are getting infected, but they won't release the vaccination status of the dead. I can tell you as a salesperson, generally, if I've got really good news about my product I'm trying to sell, I typically share that yeah. with the world, if it's good news. Someone sent me an article that was saying... It was a big article talking about how a certain hospitalisation rate in a particular country was 80% unvaccinated. Mm. And when you read on, the dates... So it was, it was like uh, only 20% of the people uh, were... Uh, sorry, the tw- um, 20% of the people were vaccinated two weeks prior second dose between this date and this date. And the, mm. and the and it was like an odd day. It was like 36 days worth of data that they put together. Right. Like the ultimate sweet spot. Yeah, I've also Not heard, a holistic... I've heard no. similar... And there's a, a book which was on Bill Gates's desk in one of his interviews called How to Lie with Statistics. I, I encourage you to purchase it and read it. But I, I saw something very similar in regards to this a few months ago, which was they were talking about hospitalizations from COVID. And they were saying between the 1st of January 2021 and I think it was about uh, July 2021, they were saying, I can't, I can't remember the exact statistics, but the overwhelming majority of people in that, uh, that were hospitalized from COVID during that period of time were not fully vaccinated. So that was the headline and that was what they were going with. Now, the issue is when you, as we always say, the devil's in the detail, well, you go, okay, 1st of January, that's when the vaccine rollout started. The article then used the terminology fully vaccinated. So to be fully vaccinated, you need to have one shot. And at the time, I, I believe they're talking about, obviously, Pfizer, because this is an American study. So with Pfizer, the gap between your first shot and your second shot was about six weeks at the beginning of the rollout. And then they say that you're not fully you're technically not fully immune fully vaccinated until two weeks we're after not fully your immune. you're not immune at all let's be clear no when you are protected but they call it immunity yeah but they say you're not you're not actually classed as fully vaccinated until two weeks after your second dose yeah. just just on that i've never heard the term immunity ever i've heard it's it all, no, all no, i've heard i've heard it constantly all i've heard is protected no i've heard immunity yeah, okay. constantly and it and it triggers me every single time because i'm like you guys don't know what immune means yeah but they use it all the time. And I guarantee you, now that I've mentioned I'll, it, I'll you'll see out. it. I'll listen out. But so, so consider this. They were talking about hospitalizations within a period of six months. And they were saying that during that time, the majority of people who were hospitalized were unvaccinated. So during that period of time, for the first, the minimum, the first two months, not one person in that cohort that would have been tested had the ability to be fully yeah. vaccinated. So if you were trying to be legitimate about this, you would have gone from maybe the 1st of March. Yeah. Because a rollout... And like for like. So That's right. Yeah, so, so you just pick the date of yeah. the first fully vaxxed people yep. and then run it from there onwards. That's right. So you've got two months of 
beautiful free data which supports your argument mm. because it was actually an impossibility for anyone in that first two month period out of a it was like a i think it was five months was the it must have been started june they went to so it's like two-fifths of your data was it was it's impossible for those people to be fully vaccinated so what's the point that we're making when claims are made to get you to do something ask the question who is benefiting from this is it me or is it someone mm. else I've, sorry we, we're done talk about we're talking about victoria i'll get to this other can thing. i just do a quick out thing about the economist i saw today the yeah, economist sure. on instagram just posted a pure propaganda thing saying mm. oh some new study shows that uh, vaccinated people had a much less death rate of all-cause mortality and it just had these big things and everyone's questioning in it like uh, what do these markers mean? Like, what what does mm. that mean? What does that look like? And there's just no explanation. Or oh, it's, yeah, it's just, you don't blame, die. Just you don't die. propaganda. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'll bring up, and it's not really relevant to Victoria, but I, it, I'm sure it happens down south, is a very troubling trend, which I've seen recently, and politicians using it as well, is when people who have been vaccinated, who have had a vaccine-related injury, have come out and said, hey, I've been injured by the vaccine, they've been referred to as anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Like, these are, people, crazy. these are people that you pressured into going and taking this vaccine who have gotten an injury. It may not be to do with the vaccine, but it might be. But the utter contempt that people are being treated with for doing the right thing, yeah. for doing what they were told for the last 18 months or yeah. last 12 months of the vaccine rollout, doing the right thing, following the rules, they've done what you asked, they've gotten injured, and now you got you have the fucking nerve to call them an anti-vaxxer? It's yeah. disgusting. And I even don't like the so the people that are in government that are trying to do the right thing by these people are just trying to throw money at it. Yeah. Like, well, no, 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 no. Can, can we actually do something like... Can we maybe pause it mm -hmm. to actually see if there's... Can we do an investigation? No talks about investigations. Just yep. like, uh, can we set up a thing so they get money? I don't oh. care. I don't want money if I, if I have a heart attack. Yeah. I just don't want to get a heart attack. That's right. Uh, and they were... They're taught like the, that um, Senator Rennick, there was that video of him on Sky News, and he was referring to a vaccine-related injury that he had... Uh, he had spoken to the person personally and was saying that the TGA had classified them as a B case, which means they cannot confirm or deny whether or not it was caused by the vaccine because she got blood clots within 15 minutes of getting it. And as far as the TGA is concerned, they're like, no, nah, blood clots don't happen that quickly, therefore it can't be to do with the vaccine. So it's just coincidental. Mm. So how many vaccine-related injuries are we just ruling out because it doesn't fit into the normal box of, of the definition. And this is what we... What and I we don't know what the definition is. How can we know right. what the definition is? And this is what I mentioned last week. What, what will happen, mark my words, timestamp this if you want to so you can refer back to it in a few years' time, what will happen down the line is there will be a point in time when we realise what other side effects are completely attributable to the vaccine... And therefore, we'll have to go back through the deaths that we've had from people who have been fully vaccinated or even partially because a lot of people who've had one shot have had reactions from having one shot. And they, their deaths or their injuries might be completely reclassified as vaccine-related uh, injuries. And the problem is, by that stage, as what happens all the time, it'll be way too late because everyone who was going to get jabbed has already been jabbed. Yeah. 
Now, getting back to Victoria. Keep it out of the kids. Oh, yeah. Well, the TGA is looking at approving it for 5 to 11-year-olds. Yeah, of course they are. Like, what, uh, uh, I had this discussion with someone during the week. Yep. They said, do you think they're going to approve it? Of course they're going to approve it. Why yeah, exactly. They? Why wouldn't they? Yeah, they're, they're going to approve it for everyone. Anything. Yeah. Dogs, cats, yeah. trees. They're going to approve it. Yeah. And same as the... Um, uh, what is it? They're trying to get a 5 to 12. It'll be, it'll be embryo to... Well, yeah, America's already talking about 2-year-olds. Yeah. Which is why it's I'm happening. so against this because I've got a son who's going to turn two in January and the data is showing that the myocarditis heart inflammation issues tend to happen more in young men than they do in young girls. Uh, I saw this meme the other day, Pfizer claims vaccine will reduce average daily child COVID deaths from almost zero to almost zero. Jason, I've had this conversation off air, but I thought I'd bring it up now. Mm. From a sales point of view, there is no product that I would rather sell than that product if I had no soul. Yeah. Because... It is, if you think about some of those cases that we've just spoken about, when you, if you get really sick from it, from the vaccine, that's that shows that it's working. Okay, that's an immune response. That's yep. really good. Okay, if if you go to hospital with COVID after that, oh, imagine what it would be like yeah. if you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. If you die from COVID after that, it would have been worse. And th- like, it would have been worse if you weren't vaccinated. That's right. It's like me selling a car that doesn't drive and just mm-hmm. saying, oh, but, you know, how good does it look? And yeah, the but com- also, the seat's so comfortable. If, and- if that car drove, you could have gotten into a car accident. So we actually did you a solid. We, yeah. we saved you. Yeah. That's the ridiculous arguments. And it, it is a beautiful product absolutely. to sell. And especially when the product itself is completely indemnified from any wrongdoing, yeah. too. But even, so just on that note of the TJ looking to approve the vaccine for 5 to 11-year-olds, so the current statistics on the health.gov.au website for cases in the age group of, and I reckon the government knows we're talking about them because just as I started talking about it, the uh, graph disappeared. So I've just had to refresh right. it. Uh, the, the total number of cases as at the 29th of October in the age group of zero to nine, because mm. this is obviously the kids that yep. they're looking at vaccinating, in male children, there has been 11,052. And in female children, there has been 10,564. Cases. So, cases. So you're looking at 21,500 cases. This is Australian data. Yeah. Okay. 21,500 cases between zero and nine. There has been zero deaths yep. in that age group. So from 21,500 cases, there has been zero deaths. Why would you approve a vaccine for that cohort... That is that not doesn't die. That, that that has had zero deaths, which has had I, I've not seen any news reports of oh, long COVID in kids. Like I haven't seen them. I'm sure they're out there. And if again, if you drill down into the detail, they're probably obese kids who've got a yeah. whole bunch of health issues already. But also, we keep getting away from two main main things. Number one, the vaccine is still part of a trial. The TGA is still accepting rolling data. No, they're not. They say that's what it says in the in the terminology, but they're not accepting any rolling data. Well, because nothing's changed. No, well, this is, uh, I believe that uh, the only reason why this vaccine is still available is because it's part of a trial. Because if this, if this vaccine was fully approved with the amount of signals they're getting out of this vaccine, it'll be taken off the shelves. Like AstraZeneca is as of December 1st? Uh, well, we're not producing it. I believe you can still produce it overseas. Yeah, but, but we're we not. were making it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Will we be prescribing... AZ from the 1st of December? Well, probably not. 
I'd be interested to I, I would to say see. probably. Oh, I mean, they'll probably try to get rid of their stocks that they've got left. Yeah. But also, can we please get back to the fact that we keep moving the conversation away from early treatment? Yeah. There is still no early treatment. Yeah. And I saw a YouTube video this week of a guy who called the... They give you like a hotline going, if you've got COVID, you can call this hotline. And they hook you up with a doctor. And the doctor was literally saying, uh, yeah, so just go to the pharmacist and tell them that you've got COVID and they'll give you drugs. And they're like, okay, what sort of drugs? Like, And they're like, oh, it's, it's up to the pharmacist. So I didn't even know. Wow. And they were basically indicating it's over-the-counter stuff. It's paracetamol, it's ibuprofen, it's... Yeah. So we've got, a, we've got a medical system which should be one of the best medical systems in the world. Yep. Australia consistently speaks about how good our public health care system is. It is fantastic. From someone who's been through it with the knee surgery, I didn't pay a cent the entire way through and the service I received was exemplary. Yep. I, I could not... Same with Nate's birth. Yep, I could not give more props to our public health care system. Absolutely could not. This is not on them. No, it's, it's the... This is government and bureaucrats telling... getting in the way of, of health of health and doctors being able to do their fucking jobs. Yeah. And again, we've ordered 300,000 doses of molnupiravir. Where are they? Who is that drug being prescribed to? Well, Who? Well, what frustrates me is how come we've ordered 70 million doses of vaccine? Yeah. For 26 million men, women and child... Because they would in, have known the entire Australia. time that the booster shot was the plan. Yeah, but how many booster shots is that? It doesn't compute. As, as many as we can get into the arms of but, but, uh, like, men, women and children. It, why, why is no one asking that question? When I heard the figure, mm. that blew my mind. Clive Palmer asked the question. He did ask the question. Mm-hmm. He did have a great press conference that I don't know, I don't know if you've seen. It was last week. No, yeah, last week. Yeah, I've week. seen it. Yeah. And it was... Really good. People, and this is another mainstream, well, corporate media issue because they've never liked Clive Palmer because he's always been a disruptor. People see Clive Palmer as an arrogant fat oaf. He is an extremely intelligent man. He's a very intelligent man. No one goes to court and wins as often as, as he does if you're not at least a little bit intelligent. He is a very, very intelligent guy. They, they, they threw the question at him. They said, oh, are you vaccinated? He goes, no, of course not. And they're like, oh, why aren't you vaccinated? And obviously, when you look at Clive Palmer, he is like COVID. He's a prime candidate. He's candidate. COVID's wet dream, mate. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like a theme park for COVID, an amusement park. And he just said, no, why would I? Because I live in Queensland. There's no COVID here. And they're like, oh, but Delta's on our doorstep. Now, uh, again, just to reiterate, uh, we've just we've just uh, not experienced a Delta outbreak again after it has been in the community in Queensland. But we will once the borders are open up. Like, we, we, everyone's going to come into contact with it. Let's be real. Everyone's maybe, going to get it. In the world, maybe, everyone will get maybe, it. Maybe, maybe not. Until they come up with a sterilizing drug for it. Maybe, maybe not. Because as Clive Palmer referred to in his press conference, he goes, look at the flu statistics for the last 30 years. Queensland never gets bad cases of the flu. Yeah. Because of the climate. Like, yeah. it's, it's too hot up here. Everyone's outside. Everyone is more spread out. And as we've been saying for months, population density matters. That is why Melbourne's copping it. That is why New, uh, New South Wales and Sydney copped it. Because there's colder climates with a lot of people, a lot more people in a close proximity. Yeah. So he goes, well, oh, I'm in Queensland. So why would, I get, why would I get vaccinated? And that might sound to some listeners like a reckless thing to do. Because you guys have been told that that's a reckless thing to do. Yeah. But then I'll, I'll pose this to you. I know people who got vaccinated in February this year. 
Well, their immunity's gone. Yeah. Based on the data, their immunity's yeah. gone. Now, they could soon qualify for a booster shot, which I'm sure they'll rush out to get. But every single time you've taken these vaccines, you roll that dice again. Roll the dice on whether or not you're going to have a bad reaction to it. Well, not just that. And for zero net benefit, yeah. this like this particular person I'm referring to, zero net benefit yeah. from getting the two shots because the, the immunity is already gone and hasn't been exposed to COVID. So zero net benefit. And the risk of, like, if you are genuinely scared of COVID, which you shouldn't be, but if you are, mm-hmm. some people may be in a situation where they are, mm-hmm. it doesn't kick in for two weeks. And in that two weeks, you are 13 times more. There are studies out there saying you are mm-hmm. far more susceptible to it yep. in that period whilst it's doing whatever it's doing. Mm-hmm. And then the window seems to be, it appears that it's five months. It's five months. Right, yep. rolls for five months. Which is, again, why would you put it in kids? If you're mm-hmm. only going to get... So no one dies in that cohort Yep. at 20,000 cases. No one dies. Uh, and you're going to give them something that wanes in five months. Mm-hmm. And provides no long-term immunity. Yep. And for what? I think I heard the statistics out of America when they were justifying uh, approving it for children. That And the, the thing that they were saying was there's been 1.5 million cases of COVID in kids aged between 5 to 11. In America, a hmm. hundred kids died. Out of sorry, how many? One point five yeah. million cases, and a hundred kids died. Mm-hmm. And they've used that as justification to inject a vaccine, which has <laughs> well, even whether it works or not, it works for five months. Whether it works or not for COVID, it has been shown to have at least injured someone. It, it is. Yeah. It is now. It is without doubt. That it has injured at least someone. Yeah. So when you look at data and you go, okay, this thing has injured at least one person and 1.5 million kids have had COVID and 100 of them died and I guarantee you all 100 of the kids who died would have probably been obese and had some other factor or some other risk factor that contributed to their death. When you look at that data, there's absolutely no way a scientific person could say... Or an economist. But even even like a... Because a, obviously these, these FDA guys who approve this shit, they're scientists. There's no way a scientific person could look at it and go, is it worth rolling the dice on these kids for five months protection from a disease that's only killed 100 out of 1.5 million kids? And I, I know. And I think the proof is... <clears throat> my doctor hasn't asked me. Yep. And no one, no, one's doc- no one that I've spoken to his doctors brought it up with them. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a, a fun thing that I heard on Joe Rogan's podcast recently, but also uh, I get a lot of um, Senate videos sent to me on YouTube. And I like watching them. It's, it's nice watching high-ranking people grill other high-ranking people sometimes. Just good for entertainment. Especially intelligent ones. Good. Yeah, you learn a lot. Uh, you learn how there's a good way and a bad way to actually grill someone. And when you do it really intelligently, it just hurts so much more. So... Uh, one of the things that came up was about the blocking of ivermectin and ivermectin prescription by doctors. And the point was made that 200 US congressmen have been treated with ivermectin. So you're blocking a drug from the people that you're using to treat the same government officials who are blocking that treatment for the people. I was trying to find a horse joke. Like they must be unstable. <laughs> Some horse pace joke. Yeah. 
there was a beautiful one. Friendly Geordie's posted up talking about smack talkers. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the guy's name. And, and if, if you could look up the last Friendly Geordie's video, that would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy there and he's talking about the ongoing investigation into onto uh, Friendly Geordie's and Jordan Shanks and, and his producer basically ripping the police apart but yeah. the way he does it is so stylish. And I was saying to Tasha while watching it, I was like, he must have been a lawyer before because his line of questioning is genius. He sets these traps and these guys just walk straight into it. Yeah. Have you seen it? You... Uh, it doesn't say who it actually is. No, no, it does. If you click, so you click the down um, arrow on the... So is that the one, the Senate hearing or something? And if you click the down arrow, it'll have, it has the names in it. And once you say the names, I'll know which one is which. That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just push the down arrow, and it'll talk about who's who's grilling who. Uh, Labor MLC Adam Searle. No, no, it's the next one. David Shoebridge. Yeah, da- David Shoebridge is who we're referring to. Yeah. Amazing. If I I admire that man's brain mm. of just how he he gathers the data and he, he just keeps asking these questions yeah. that, and he's like, okay, so so what you've said is this. What you said is this. What yeah. you've said is this, what you've said. Okay, so how can you explain this? Mm. And then they're like, ah. Fuck, <laughs> I've just been done. <laughs> and he does it beautifully. And the, what's interesting, because that's the same line of questioning which has brought Gladys undone in her ICAC stuff. Yeah. It's the same line of questioning that's brought down, uh, undone every Victorian parliamentary member that's been fronted in front of IBAC in the last two weeks. Yeah. And I think, t- personally, I think what this just smacks of is just the arrogance of these people. Yeah. They have been beyond reproach for so long they don't even entertain the idea that they are being lulled, like lured into a trap yeah, in these yeah. questions because it's just never happened to them. It's like a muscle that they haven't had to flex for a long period of yeah. time, you know? Like, it's so interesting. So, obviously... Can we talk about Vic Law? That Vic Law that they passed? Yeah, so let, let's go to that because this is the most important thing happening in this country at the moment and potentially for a long period of time. Um, it hasn't passed yet. So, what Alex is referring to is... The new permanent pandemic legislation, we did cover this briefly last week, but then just for anyone else who's just joining us uh, newly. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Share, you share it, share it if you want. If there's, if there's people that you think it would uh, be relevant to, please share it with those people. Uh, just spamming stuff on your on your Facebook and stuff, probably not that helpful. But if you know that there's one person in your network that might benefit from hearing a real conversation about these subjects, please share it to them directly. Uh, especially now that we've got the uh, chapters on YouTube, makes it way easier yep. to navigate to the important stuff. So anyway, what Alex was referring to before was the permanent pandemic legislation that the Dan Andrews government is trying to bring into uh, Victorian law. Now, it passed the lower house this week. So I've been doing a bit of research into how politics actually works. Uh, the way that things work in Victoria is it's got to pass through the lower house first before it hits the upper house. And then uh, once it gets voted on and it passes the upper house, then it gets brought into law. Now, Labor has a massive majority in the lower house. So nothing has ever been thrown out of the lower house that Labor wants to do. Everything gets through. And there has been some extremely stirring speeches made by people opposing this bill because the... I don't want to get into the, the complete specifics of all of it, but here's a few just key bits of information that you need to understand. There's some major highlights. Major highlights. The first highlight is this. The name. <laughs> Permanent pandemic yeah. bill. But but the 
there are a lot of things which are wrong with this before you even get into the content of the bill itself. Number one, the document itself is 120 pages long. Mm. Now, typically, when a bill is being introduced to the lower house, it gets introduced two weeks before it's voted on. So people actually have the time to read through it. And the thing is, what everyone keeps forgetting, these publicly elected officials are supposed to read through it, interpret it, speak to their constituents about it, mm. get their... Con- like, they're supposed to vote on our behalf yep. as our elected official, which is why you've got two weeks. So you can put it out there on your social media. Hey, this piece of legislation's come up. Here is a key point. What do you guys think? Are there any concerns that you've got? Would you like me to bring this up? Blah, 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 blah. So you're supposed to have two weeks to do that. This legislation was made public on the morning that they were then demanding the vote happen in the afternoon. So clearly, when anyone ever tries to just ram something through like this, that's already got to set off red flags and alarm bells. There was a sales technique, an old school one, where when you... So back in the day, before computers, we used to handwrite offer sheets on contracts. Mm -hmm. So we're put all the customer details on there, put the price on there. Yep. And what a trick you would do is you would drop the pen on the piece of paper as you slide it around. And if they pick up the pen, you know, you've That's got a to... buying signal. Yeah. 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 And uh, these, these tricks happen every single day, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, in every industry. So anyway, step like red flag. Number one, they tried to ram it through before there would be any sort of public scrutiny of the bill itself. It was a Friday, wasn't it? Now it was a Thursday. Oh, okay. Um, so that's, that's issue number one. Number two, the bill itself claimed that they had uh, extensive consultation with key members of the law society in Victoria. Now, the Victorian Bar Association came out pretty much straight away afterwards saying that that is just a blatant lie, mm. that they are extremely concerned about the content of the bill itself. And that the extent of their consultation in regards to this legislation <laughs> consisted of a meeting about the potential to even speak about this sort of legislation three or four months ago, which was one conversation for about an hour, which then was supposed to go into another meeting, which just got cancelled down the track. That's it. That's all the consultation the Victorian Bar Association had. But use the tagline, we spoke to them. That's right. Because, again, they're trying to pretend that they're trying to add uh, an credence and authoritarian, authoritarian yeah, um, uh, support to it. So We're there's that. Author- authoritarian act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, getting into the... Uh, so we'll get into the bill in a second. So just so you guys are aware of where, the, where it's actually at now. It passed the lower house. It was always going to pass the lower house. It will be heard in the upper house in about two weeks' time, yep. roughly. Now, there's a few other key parts to this. The biggest concern is that Dan Andrews had already prepared himself for success a week and a half ago by creating the new legislation, which they passed through as well, which banned unvaccinated MPs from the upper house of parliament because there were four MPs that did not want to either get vaccinated or disclose their vaccination status. So those four votes, if they don't get back to the upper house, unless someone from Labor crosses the floor to vote against it, which is extremely unlikely because Labor is just the most solid ship ever. And I believe it's from fear because 
Dan Andrews is an authoritarian guy. He will just throw you out if you... When you hear what's in the bill, you're going to know there's no yep. way anyone in their right mind and will put this in. And the other thing, too, is this sort of leads itself into all of these allegations you're hearing of branch stacking from the IBAC yeah. committee because it's, no, it's possibly not a coincidence that Labor never has anyone vote against their government's wishes or their bills... And Labor has consistently for decades been participating in branch stacking activities, which make sure that the only people who are selected for pre-selection are the people that the higher-ups in Labor want to be selected, who are on board with the plan. So so these four MPs that have been booted out, they are are still allowed to participate via Zoom into the uh, daily meetings of a sitting of Parliament. But you're not allowed to vote unless you're on physically on parliamentary grounds. And again, for anyone else who's new, the the key reason why this is ridiculous that they were not allowed to attend parliament is two main reasons. Number one, there was no provision in the legislation for rapid antigen testing, which means, as we've already discussed, anyone who is vaccinated could have COVID and could still walk onto parliamentary grounds and give it to all the other vaccinated people, yep. just like what happened at the gym. So there's nothing in there that it states whether or not you've actually got COVID and whether you can prove that you don't have COVID to come on site. That number two, the other issue is it only applied to the MPs. It didn't apply to their staffers, ground staff, anyone else. So literally sitting next to them, walking in with that's them. That's right. So a, an unvaccinated staffer is allowed on parliamentary grounds, but the elected official is not. Yeah. So it is clear as fucking day that this was put into place because Dan Andrews was trying to ram through these, these permanent pandemic laws. He removed opposition from the House. Yeah. Now... One thing that is a little bit heartening is I heard a story briefly last night, because I was at a wedding, uh, that three of the MPs have actually put their papers in so they can come back to the house. So I I really appreciate what they're doing because they've been forced to do something that is against their morals for the greater good for all of us. So I applaud those people for actually standing up and and doing what they can. Yeah. Get on the real Rookshan if you want to yeah. see what their, their, their side of it. Now, why is the, the legislation itself so concerning? So this is this is the fucking wildest thing I've ever heard in a democratic yeah. So country. The state of emergency in Victoria is due to expire on the fifteenth of December. Now, the last time it was extended, it was extended for nine months. And the reason why it was it was supported on both sides of government to extend it was because there was still an emergency and the justification was to extend it for nine months to September because it had been two six-month blocks prior to that was that by December, the vaccination rate would have been an 80% double-dosed and therefore you don't need the pandemic laws anymore. And I know one of the MPs explicitly stated at the time she would not be voting for any more extensions to the state of emergency. Yeah. That might be half the issue that we're having now. Because what these laws that Dan Andrews is trying to ram through is permanent pandemic laws. Now, let's get into some of the detail because it is truly terrifying the level of power this gives to one person, regardless of whether that's Dan Andrews or the next person who takes over. It is the whole and sole ability for the Premier of the day to declare a pandemic whenever they choose to, regardless of the presence of a disease or not. Brutal me that. Like, I, that just makes no sense. Yeah, so let me, let me repeat that. Daniel Andrews 
who's got the worst track record in this whole pandemic. Yep. He's done it worse than everyone else. He's got more deaths. He's had more cases. He's had more lockdown yep. than anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. That guy wants more power. Yeah. So the guy, in, in at least if you look at Australia, the guy who fucked it up the most wants the most power out of anywhere in the world. Yeah. And to do it in a way that hasn't worked up to this point anyway. That's right. So it will be his whole and sole uh, ability to declare a pandemic. Now, they do also state that he can consult the chief health officer. Now, this, it explicitly states that the consultation can be either written or orally. Yeah. And also that he doesn't need to even take it into consideration if he doesn't want to. So that's step one. He can declare a pandemic whenever he wants. What that then means is that he'll be able to, once the pandemic is declared, we go into the state of emergency-like restrictions that we have now for three months. What has been happening up until now is every single time the state of emergency needs to be extended, you need to have a majority vote in parliament to extend it. From there on in with these new laws, it will just be Dan Andrews. He can extend it if he wants to. And let me reiterate, this is pandemic. This is not COVID pandemic. This is pandemic. And he can declare a pandemic at any time, regardless of the presence of a disease or not. It is written in the legislation. Secondly... So not only can he declare a pandemic and he can extend it literally indefinitely and as the Bar Association put it, rule by decree indefinitely. Yep. They're bringing in new penalties for disobeying the laws. If you disobey a pandemic law, you are liable for a $95,000 fine and two years imprisonment. And that can be just for not wearing a mask. And they're all saying, oh, wait, wait, they won't do it just for not wearing a mask. The law states that it can be for that. Yeah. If, if the directive is that you need to wear a mask outside, if you don't, you have broken a directive, you could be fined $95,000 and given two years imprisonment. If you're a business, you could be fined $450,000 for not wearing a mask. Because that makes sense. Because it's, it's for you. Science. science. Right? Trust the science. Right. Uh, it also specifically states that can you say specifically specifically it also specifically states that people can be discriminated against based on their characteristics or attributes which means you can now be discriminated upon based on your race political leanings vaccination status whatever sex gender doesn't matter. Yeah. So here's, here's a scenario for you, which I'm going to throw out there, which could happen under this legislation. I believe Daniel Andrews would know it will be almost impossible for him to get himself re-elected in 12 months' time when they have a, a state election. However, if he declares a pandemic and makes it illegal for people that he identifies as... Liberal supporters. Liberal Voters, you guys can't go outside, therefore you can't vote. Only the Labour supporters can go and vote. It, he's literally putting in place the ability for himself to become a Vladimir Putin-esque character in which he, the, the elections are just for pageantry. Yeah. Because it's a foregone conclusion that he's just going to win. Here's my question. Why... Now, I, I, I get, on, on the face of it, why you'd want to do that. Because yeah. you're, you're saving your own job. Mm-hmm. 
But how could any human being think that this is okay? <clears throat> Look at him. And and all those Labor voters, uh, sorry, all those Labor MPs mm-hmm. that let it go through the lower house, yep. they need to be named and shamed too. Yep. Every single one of them, if they voted for that, mm-hmm. they are nuts. Yep. That is the downfall of democracy. That's right. Right there. Yeah. No one should have that kind of power. No one. No one. What is the point of having a government and a parliament and, you know, opposition when it's all irrelevant because everything comes down to one guy? That's a dictatorship. That's not a democracy. And it's even stupider that, that, that he's using it when he got the worst results. That's right. I would half cop it, half cop it, if Palaszczuk did it because she can kind of say, I did it better than anyone else. Yeah. Or if McGowan said, I did it better than anyone else, even mm-hmm. though... Northern Territories has still got zero deaths, I believe. Yeah. Zero deaths. So, and But that's because they fine people five grand if you haven't been vaccinated and try to go to work. Right. <laughs> right. So if one of those guys and girls said, hey, this is the thing that I want to do so I can mm. help you do this again, I could see how people would fall for that and say, yeah, yeah. you know what? That's not too bad. Yeah. But the guy who did it the worst, yeah. who treated his people the worst, yeah. who had the most people died, mm. and, and not even... I don't want to let him off the hook just because of like the um, the weather, you know, the southern no, weather. No. Uh, you hide private security that didn't work. Yeah. You locked down people in. Hey, the- hey, you were part of the cabal that has prevented early treatment. You're all fucked. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you're all fucked. This has never been about people's health. Otherwise, in April last year, when Monash University did studies on ivermectin and showed that it destroyed COVID-19 in cell culture within 48 hours... All of you would have gotten together and gone, hey, maybe we can try out this drug that has basically zero adverse effects at the dosages that we give it to people for scabies and etc. that we give mm. to billions of people around the world. Maybe we can at least try this fucking thing out and see how it goes. Like India has that has had amazing results. Like Japan has just yeah. done and now has amazing results. Maybe we could have tried it. Germany no. used it too in certain provinces in Germany. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So... This, yeah, I, I, I see where you're going. You're trying to find a way where you can justify I'm, I'm it. I'm trying to find a way and that it's such any... a far reach, it's not even possible. Yeah, it, it, is, it is impossible to, to, to see why that's now, okay. the other thing too, which is, is impossible to justify, is the entire time the vaccine rollout has been happening, they have promised that at 80%, all the restrictions go away. So why are you bringing in permanent pandemic legislation when it's over? When you're over that 80% threshold, what, where is the justification it for It just that? makes no sense. I, I'd love to hear someone that thinks that this is okay. Someone yeah. on the street. So put in the comments. If, you're, if, you, if you think that this permanent pan- pandemic law by uh, uh, the Daniel Andrews government, well, it's Daniel Andrews himself. Yeah. If you think that that's okay, put in the comments. I, I'd really like to hear a, a point in its favour. I, I can't see it. I'm going to throw it out there as well because I don't think that anyone's really going to out themselves in the comments with that sort of perspective because it's kind of insane. No, but maybe we've but got a blind you, spot. Maybe maybe we've got a massive blind perhaps spot. Perhaps we do. I but I'd be more than open to just receiving a direct message from you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can we can discuss it on the pod. We'll keep you completely anonymous. I want it to be completely because uh, we had to have missed something. Did you hear? Uh, yeah, the, the thunder. The thunder. Yeah. yeah. Bring the thunder. Uh, yeah, we want to have a dialogue with anyone. And someone else that I want to have a dialogue with too, anyone who is double vaxxed, how do you feel right now? So this is the landscape that we're in. 
you're double vaccinated whenever that happened. You've got very little freedoms compared to an unvaccinated person, depending on the state that you live in. Your vaccine uh, efficacy has gone out the window after five months. How do you feel about the program now? Do you still support the vaccine program? Do you want to go and get a booster shot? Do you feel a bit of regret because you thought if you got vaccinated, you're going to be able to do everything just like you were before? Do you truly believe it's for, it was for health? Looking yeah. back on it now on aggregate, was it for the health of the nation or was it something else? How yeah. do you feel? And, and I feel that a lot of these people, because again, I think a lot of them did it because they thought it was the right thing to do for everyone. Yeah. You should be applauded for doing so if that was why you were doing it. If you're honestly taking it because you thought this was going to speed up the roadmap so everyone could get back into normal life, I appreciate you for it. Uh, or did you do it for international travel that you haven't been able to go on? Yeah, because I know a lot of people who have been vaccinated for that very reason and can't even do it. Yeah. Uh, and by the time by the time uh, international travel opens up, you won't be it won't be valid for you to. Yeah. It would have worn off. Yeah. Yeah. So I want, I want to hear from you guys as well because I think it's a very relevant conversation to have. I would love to know even what the percentages are of people who got vaxxed because they really wanted it, people who got vaxxed because they were coerced into doing it via uh, restrictions on movement and, and commerce. Uh, and I would love to know out of the people who are vaccinated, who will be lining up for a booster shot and who won't be. Like, yeah. what, what is the world going to look like, you know, in, in three months' time or in six months' time? I still, like, I, I still believe that the majority of the stuff goes away in the first quarter of next year. So, uh, because, obviously, you've got the federal election coming. And that is the key the key point that I want to also make too. Because Dan Andrews is a Labour government. ScoMo's been sitting on the sidelines, literally sitting on his hands, when he has had the ability to veto all of this with the stroke of a pen for months. But he's let it continue on. Now, when you look at it at face value, you go, it's very politically convenient for Scott Morrison coming up to an election to let dictator Dan do the things that he is doing knowing full well that you can veto it down the track anyway mm. to make Labour look bad. Yeah. It is politically... It's good cop, bad cop. Yeah, it's politically convenient. Because the entire time, ScoMo's been sat, sitting on the sidelines going, we don't make vaccines mandatory in this country. It is completely your own choice. The first line of the document before you get your shot says, this is your choice. That's right. Because they want you to have the liability. Yeah. Like, anyone anyone who... It's like that video that you shared the other day from the, the Neil Oliver, I think it is, from Oh, from do you think we're stupid? Yeah. When he was saying, if you were in a relationship with someone who treated you the way that our government has treated us, you that's an abusive relationship. Yeah. You would be you would be able to press charges against that person for treating you in this way. I think that video got throttled too because I only had one like. Yeah, okay. And you, my videos usually get more than that. But yep. we should wrap this up. Yeah, we should. Uh, the heavens have unleashed. God is making his thoughts known <laughs> on this subject. And he's not happy with it. And we want to wash away the uh, corruption. Yeah. And clean the swamp. Clean the swamp. So, like we said, get in contact with us, please. If you have been vaccinated, especially if you live in Melbourne, how do you feel about everything? Stay tuned for the upper house. That'll be in about two weeks' time, but we'll keep you uh, keep you posted on that. Yep. But please, guys, if you do live in Victoria, I would be spamming your local member's email inbox going, I do not consent to this. This is not what I fucking signed up for. This is not democracy. Yep. 
fix it. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Cheers, guys. I'll see you next RDA.